welcome to the shiny new object podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative, and this is a podcast about the future of marketing. Every week or so, I have the pleasure and the privilege of interviewing one of our industry's leaders. And this week is no different. We have Jerry Dakin. Uh, Jerry, what's your job title? Remind me. I'm EMEA Media Director at GSK Consumer Healthcare by day. And by night. <laughs> by night. I'm commercial <laughs> director at advertising and learning and development director at uh, Conscious Advertising Network and drums Eurovision correspondence, whatever you need me to be. You're the drums Eurovision correspondent. Semi-official, but yeah. Come on, tell me about that. Um, I occasionally, and Stephen, their editor, is going to point out, maybe not in the last 18 months, but write uh, Eurovision content for them. And although the drum is obviously a marketing and advertising publication, I therefore try and bring it back to that factor. So we look at like brands that have sponsored it and activated it and why uh, advertisers are foolish for ignoring Europe's biggest entertainment event. And how is that content received in the market? Um, you'd have to ask <laughs> someone at the I think it, people find it interesting, <laughs> if niche. I mean, I haven't been chased heavily for more articles, but I've done like five or six over the years. Been over there, been behind the scenes, interviewed Conchito Verst, former, former winner. So you know, I take I take these side hustles seriously. You do, and you, and you have many. And listeners to this podcast may not realise this is your third session on third the mic. Go yeah, around. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so for having me. I think it's like a record. I I think it's there's there's sort of been someone else who had a bit of a third, but in terms oh. of their own specialised, just them on their own. But then your second one was with Jake. The so only counts as a half one anyway. Half. Okay. Anyway, you, See you, you know, next year. you're in the top two, that's for sure, if, not, if not the top one. So we're not going to have a, the normal structure for this interview because you can go back and listen to um, our first session to find out about your, your darkest secrets about cream eggs and what have you. Although, I came uh, up again. Uh, we've, yeah, we've got another... Um, we I interviewed Raphael Capitani from Mondelez, oh who, yes. who's the, the new uh, brand manager King on King of Cream Egg. King of Cream Egg. Did I didn't mention that. Did anyway, it anyway, it came up though because Bruce Daisley left Twitter uh, this past month or so, and in doing so, he sent this mysterious tweet out that said uh, his two most defining moments of his tenure, like seven eight years at Twitter, was hashtag Bum Egg and something to do with Vikings. Now the Vikings, I have no idea what that's about, but I took that as a moment to explain the full history of the cream egg egg, which again, you can find an audio recording of in our first podcast. Yeah, so cream egg, cream eggs and bums together and social media. I think that's, that's probably this has been a dodgy reason. start to the play to this I podcast I'd you know we've covered some unusual stuff i i uh, i asked you for that reason uh, and you haven't disappointed so we're going <laughs> to talk about we're going to roughly going to talk about uh, three different things and let's start with advertising so i first came across advertising as a hashtag in one of your many linkedin posts <laughs> um, which i i do always read in fairness um uh it's not i there's not many people I say that about, but I generally enjoy it's what you're loving. I love no, what I'm you serious, do. I'm serious, man. It's it's really good. Um, so, what is advertising? And you say you do that in the evening. Help someone who's no idea about that. Yeah, understand it. advertising is a voluntary group set up. Um, a few years ago, it used to be called something called Pride AM, but we often got mistaken for an old-fashioned radio station. So we 
we moved on to advertising. Uh, and it represents basically LGBT plus people working in the marketing and advertising industry uh, with kind of two broad aims. One, to make sure uh, those people are able to be them themselves at work, to be comfortable, to be welcome, to be inclusive in our industry, to make sure that we have environments that are welcoming and inclusive. And two, um, and in some ways primarily, to help the whole industry in terms of how we represent that community externally. Like advertisers have a huge, huge role in driving positive representation and inclusion in all the creative, all the commas we produce. Uh, and, you know, positive inclusion, whether that's kind of a deliberate storyline based around a minority group, or whether it's just, you know, making sure your casting is, is interesting and diverse is a huge opportunity. And advertising tries to sort of agitate and support and celebrate and encourage marketers that, you know, we can make a big impact if we do that. And also uh, drive effectiveness and sales because, you know, there's lots of people who uh, respond well to that kind of advertising. So just come into both of those in a bit of detail. So first thing, helping people be themselves at work. And so how, how do you do that? Is that a guidebook that goes around to MDs or we CEOs or? It's a bunch of things. We, d we do have like an advertising guidebook, which touches on that and also talks a lot more about the advertising side. One of the key things we do is actually allies training. I think, uh, and it's for all kind of minority groups. It's not just the responsibility that minority group to kind of fight their way through the office. It's the responsibility of everyone to make it good and welcoming for them. So we do training in businesses on how you can be a good ally, how you can look out for people who have perhaps different life experiences to your own and, and make things suitable for them. Um, I think we work in, in different ways. We're actually recording this in publicist's office and we ran uh, last year like a, a session for their entire media team talking about advertising, why it matters. I think in many ways, the marketing industry is a relatively inclusive industry. You know, if you look at a business like mine, the marketing team is much more open and inclusive, um, you know, than uh, if you look like a business, I'm not specifically saying mine, but like a manufacturing business, it's probably much harder to be out and proud if you work in a, in a factory, say, than it is in the sort of the marketing team. That doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean there aren't lots of terrifying stats about like, the, the, it's, I think a majority of people almost who, who, when they graduate uni, they go back into the closet when they start at work because they're, you know, nervous about, I even remember my first time when I, um, I sat down, not, not my first time, I sat down for lunch at Cadbury's um, with a couple of people who became good friends and, you know, I think they'd known me for a few days, so perhaps they'd picked up on my Eurovision fandom or something and I sort of casually said, oh yeah, my boyfriend, and they were both like, oh, thank God, you know, he said it, it's out, we can, we can talk about it. And that's, you know, uh, I'm a sort of... Uh, moderately straight appearing kind of gay white man so i have lots of kind of natural biases in my favor if you're kind of a uh you know a, a, tr a trans person or someone with other challenges you know it can be much harder to be yourself in the office and uh, honestly i can only begin to imagine what's that like what that's like but we just try and encourage businesses to do everything they can to be welcoming and inclusive so when hasn't that worked when do not name names, but <laughs> just like what, tell me when like your best efforts and best intentions and uh, um, allies training hasn't worked. Are you, are you do you get people coming to you going, oh, this is a terrible situation, and do you step in or like are you just hands off? Um, I don't know. I, I'm not. Just, I'm somewhat privileged in my life, and I haven't had too many sort of truly bad situations. I mean, I have a a situation where one of my current colleagues uh, came out recently and and was was willing, on a, not in a big dramatic way, but sort of willing to sort of casually talk about it to colleagues for the first time in his 30 year history. So that talks about the fact that 
prior to that, for whatever reason, work the marketing advertising, he didn't think it was okay. I think there are always, you know, instances where, um, for various reasons, people don't feel welcome or inclusive, where people leave businesses because they feel, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've known someone who was um, ostensibly very camp, um, and by being very camp, somehow you are, you can be taken somewhat less seriously. So it was a, a gay guy who was very sort of flamboyant, you know, who was an you know, absolute huge data genius, knew absolutely everything was to know about data. And I, d I, he would sort of say, and I would sort of agree with him, that, you know, at times he found it quite hard to be taken seriously because he was a bit kind of camp and flamboyant, and that was, you know, part of his identity. And he felt that to succeed in that business, he would have to change and be more serious and be more formal and, and, and hide a bit of who he was. So we chose to, to leave and go somewhere else. And I think that was, that was a challenge many years ago, not in any of my recent employments. And they say the second part of the, the organization is how you represent the community externally within our own advertising. And I think that is such an interesting point that advertising is, it, it, it's kind of, uh, the, the unintended consequence really is to, is to change public opinion of things that aren't necessarily related to the product, which yeah. is a, a not considering. That's a really interesting point. So how are you, how are you doing that? Are you, is, is there guidelines again? So like if you're casting, then you should or, or put these descriptions of these people. Explain to me how that works and how, and more importantly, how someone who's listening to this podcast could make sure that yeah. they're doing the right thing. It's a range of things. At the end of the day, marketers create huge, huge, huge amounts of content and that's both, I guess, directly content we make, adverts and comms and stuff, and also, frankly, beyond that, wider content that we we fund through partners where we have some degree of influence. And yes, like as a, a sort of a minority group, uh, it's a sort of a common life experience that you don't see yourself reflected in, you know, in, in TV shows and adverts. It's got a lot better. You know, when I was um, a young gay boy growing up in a... Uh, evangelical Christian household, you know, I, I, I barely knew gay people existed. Um, I certainly didn't have a positive feeling about myself or any of that for, for being that. And, you know, Queer as Folk was one of the first glimpses in my life of kind of a, a TV show uh, that showed in a, in a fairly over extravagant way that, you know, there were people like me and maybe it was all going to be okay. Um, and that wasn't an advert, but that was ultimately still funded by advertisers willing to appear alongside it, which at the time was uh, controversial and risky. I think nowadays things have, you know, clearly moved on hugely. There's loads and loads of good examples of, of adverts that have included, um, you know, either in very casual ways or very deliberately kind of LGBT or other minority storylines. Um, I think there are... And, and there's also a spectrum here. Some, sometimes it's about really wanting to have an advert that kind of tells that story quite deliberately. Like Starbucks has just recently done um, a really powerful advert in, in partnership with Mermaids, which is a, a trans charity um, of, of someone who is um, going through that, you know, really challenging experience and, and finding themselves dead named. So called the kind of the name that, that, that you know, a boy's name when they consider themselves a girl, call it by in letters and doctor surgeries and places. And they, they go into Starbucks and they write their name on a cup and they get called their actual name. And for them, that's a really powerful moment. And it's kind of true to Starbucks because they do write their names on cups. And it's it's sort of, they've gone all in for like telling that story. But often it is to do with casting and it's to do with casual inclusion. And it's, you know, if you're, you're shooting an advert, which is showing, you know, multiple different houses, households and people and lives, you know, some of the time, should some of those households reflect kind of modern Britain or the modern world and, you know, mixed race families or, um, you know, single sex households. Um, and so there's, there's no one answer and it, you know, you have to be quite careful around like tokenism and, you know, it's 
not that every single advert you create has to have sort of forced equality in it but you know when you look across the, the spectrum of creatives you're making is there a good degree of, of representation are you reflecting the kind of the consumers that are out there um, which is a long answer without actually answering the question uh, we do have a we have a guide the advertising guide which talks through some of the kind of pitfalls and opportunities there i mean there's a huge opportunity there's lots of stats that um you know lgbt and representative creative is is admired and respected not just by that community but by wider people it performs better it delivers better results so that's what i want to ask more about tell me about the performance can you tell me any stats sorry to be to uh, i'm not <laughs> work for performance business tell me i need to know what's the cpa on a yeah there are there are stats person. i'd have to have no I'm myself sorry, that, was a, that was an unfair question like it it obviously easy for you to say that um that having inclusion of, of different types of backgrounds and sexual preferences makes advertising perform better but like how do you know that well i mean a, a, it's done by research and, you know, either sort of surveys of what people think about certain advertising or ultimately individual brands' results. Um, you know, I'm, I don't want to misuse statistics. You can, you can very, it's very easy to see that the community itself responds. You can also, you know, there are stats, I'll, I'll dig one out afterwards. You can put it in your podcast notes or something around research showing what a wider audience thinks about it. Uh, one of the reasons that you know diverse ads perform better is that diverse ads tend to be ads that are sort of more thought through, more emotional. They've given a lot more focus to. So perhaps the diversity is one aspect of them performing better. Potentially they were given a lot more creative attention and, and thought as well. So it may not be the only factor, um, but certainly it's sort of a positive factor. So it isn't just about you know trying to do the good thing for society. It's about you know trying to be to be relevant and important and, and to your consumers you know if you only show white middle class people in your adverts you're you're actually excluding the vast you know majority of the country so uh it's almost a majority of minorities these days but it's, it's challenging because you know as you go along that journey there are lots of questions and pushback um there are lots of you know brands who've who've tried to take that step and you get you get kind of if you're not careful hate from all sides like um homophobes shout at you and say how dare you do this but sometimes the lgbt community or other minority communities don't like how they're portrayed either they can feel it's token or they can feel uh, it's sort of pink washing and you're trying to cash in on them so it's without wanting to put people off it's you know you've got to be careful how you do it and that's part of what advertising and our guide and our ability to kind of come in and train and even bounce ideas around does and there's some sort of fairly simple principles around you know not just doing one-off random things at pride season thinking about how you what role you play throughout the year certainly about you know if you're going to make a really big play in this area you should make sure your kind of ducks are in a row internally as well like do you have you know if you're going to make a big advert about lgbt rights do you do, do your lgbt employees have equal rights equal parental leave um, do you have gender neutral toilets you know silly things like that um and yeah i think just trying to find the right balance and and it's tricky because a lot of people will say brands are doing it just to cash in and make extra money. But I think most brands are trying to do it. Brand managers trying to kind of do the right thing, a good thing somewhere along the way. And so I think the sticky point and help me understand this is how do you know when you're doing enough and when it's not tokenism? You mentioned like look at the the full raft of your work and think, um, you know, uh, is there enough diversity inclusion within the body of the work um but what what if ah as, as as an individual you're responsible for 
four big campaigns a year or one or three or you know i'm doing a banner campaign <laughs> or i'm you know i'm building an app or vr experience or whatever it is like um i can understand that a, an md or a ceo might be able to go all right like on the whole let's let's look yeah. at how representative we're being but how does an individual make sure they do it and and how do you avoid being tokenistic yeah i, I mean i think that's really fair challenges actually involved in a process at the moment with isba to try and come up with a guide exactly on that and some of it is just making sure you've asked the right questions through the process so as you're briefing an agency as they're briefing a production partner have you asked to see kind of a diverse range of of talent you know have you considered different people from different backgrounds when you've taken on a creative direction have you you know have you has your unconscious bias sort of taken you a certain way without you thinking about it or have you sort of deliberately considered the right way of doing it it's challenging and there are many examples where you know it doesn't like uh, at gsk some of our adverts for sensodyne are, are doctors and dentists giving kind of uh, their opinion on our products you know it'd be quite hard for us to sort of uh, crowbar in you know that he's a gay dentist or she's a lesbian dentist it just it wouldn't make any sense so uh, there's no possibility in that but then sometimes our brands tell longer stories our polydent which is our dentures brand um, has just literally just done a bit of creative with um, jungle creations which is about um, trying to tackle a whole load of stigmas it's almost like a first date kind of um, goes on three blind dates and it's a guy with dentures and he happens to be a um, a gay gentleman so he's meeting three different men and he's laughing about dentures and laughing about being an older man and, and breaking down all sorts of sort of um potential stigma you know there's, there's a for instance the lgbt community is often pictured as being quite young party loving likes going out um so it's you know it's, it's a different representation even of that and that does make sense you know that wasn't forced that came up naturally in the conversations with the, that creative team and I think there are different executions probably which aren't all specifically LGBT just just naturally but yeah as an, as an individual brand manager it may be that you know there's there's no obvious reason why every single piece of creative has has diversity in it but you know are you considering and I don't have all the answers is, is part of the answer here. and I think one of the things we always say is is, is start by talking to different communities so you if you have a really diverse team to begin with if your marketing team if your agency team is diverse i think that helps a lot because you're naturally getting different perspectives and you're not just uh falling into kind of as i say these these unexpected biases if you don't have that yet and hopefully that's something we all work towards there are often other people within your your business so uh you know what we call employee resource groups which are you know groups of employees that get together you know at diageo we had the rainbow network at gsk we have spectrum which is lgbt employees who sort of get together and um, try and make their business a better place. That's an, always a good place to start. You know, we have a women's one, we have a ethnic diversity one. You know, if you're thinking about this um, and you're, you're deliberately trying to move in that direction, then bounce your scripts off them. And or if you're not, get them to challenge you. Get them to say, look, you know, to be honest, I don't see myself reflected in any of the ads we produce. What are we going to do about it? So is so is thinking about it on a case by case basis. It, that's really the the tokenism, right? I was chatting to an agency lead uh, uh, relatively recently who said it, it's really difficult to hire people from diverse backgrounds because there isn't the pool of people, and that like that massively jars with there's that the whole thing on Twitter about pipeline, right? You know, the, the idea that there isn't people from a diverse background out there with the relevant skills just isn't true. But this agency lead was saying. I really want to make sure that we have a diverse and representative 
group of people it's just really hard to find people and uh, that person felt that there was there was a lot of tokenism from agencies trying to go well we should be doing this because otherwise we're going to get called out for not doing it a bit sort of doorstepped a bit yeah whereas i think it's interesting what you say that actually if the if you're your agency group or your creative team or your internal team are a diverse bunch anyway, that will filter through. So is is just trying to force ourselves to make each advert representative, is that just like a bit of a like a stick in plaster solution? Whereas what we should really be doing is going to the source, which is making sure that, that, um, that everyone is given the right chance of entering this industry irrespective of their background. I think that's a hundred percent true. Um, everything you said. So, uh, yeah, and it, it's it's definitely a challenge, like in terms of uh, having diverse teams recruiting the right. Right through to when you go to marketing conferences and events and you see who's speaking. I think you know effort is being put into trying to bring more diversity there. There's a great organisation called Dice, which is trying to sort of help set some expectations and some bars there. But it's challenging, and all conference organisers will tell you it's oh, it's hard to find people and. And there's a watch out where you don't want to be picking someone just because they tick a box. You know, you want to have the right speakers, really interesting stories. Um, but then maybe, you know, our industry has been so kind of white and male dominated for a while that a bit of tokenism is a, is a healthy thing for a period of time that, you know, we do need to, ideally, we wouldn't have to have targets for how many women to have on a panel. But maybe whilst we've, you know, whilst we're in a, not the best situation at the moment, we do need those and they're healthy to move us forwards. But yeah, to your overall point, it starts much earlier. You know, I think on the brand side, we can be quite guilty of wanting to recruit people with degrees who come very polished, who come from, you know, the best universities in the country, or the best universities in the country already, unfortunately, have a bias of recruiting from, you know, uh, private schools and from upper middle classes. And, you know, it's not as, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's a man who went to some of that stuff. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's not truly diverse. So I think how do we make sure... And, you know, I've been... At, worked agency side and, and there were challenges sometimes at taking you know rougher diamonds on there are people who come in the door and you think you know gosh i don't know if i could sit you down in front of my client tomorrow because you know you speak in a different way or you act in a different way not even like in a i'm not saying that in a sort of a racist or prejudiced way just you know the, the reality of some people if they haven't you know been through this, the, the same educational system and all that so i think we need to be open-minded to how we take some of those people on board because they do bring fantastic different perspectives they help us understand our consumers better you know i've, I've worked with some fantastic people who haven't you know come up through universities but they've had to fight their way to get there because so much of the system is kind of engineered against it i think yeah, there are definitely organizations like Media Trust and other people trying to dabble in that space. But I think marketing is quite bad at marketing, marketing. We don't do enough to persuade, you know, kids that it's an awesome thing. You know, working in advertising for Nike should be like a dream of kids growing up. And it's not it's not one of those things that kind of gets on people's radar. How do we get on more people's radars, encourage more people in Uh I mean, hopefully in like 20 or 30 years, you do see a much more diverse marketing team, but you know, you can't really afford to wait that long. So what are we going to see this year? What's going to change? What have advertising got coming up? Or what are you excited about other than Eurovision? Or <laughs> <laughs> Always um, excited about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what, what's going to happen this year? What are we going to look back on like when we're chatting this time next year? And you're going to go, thank God these three things happen. What, what would you like to see change this year? Yeah, I, I personally really like the idea of more casual representation adverts. You know, I don't think 
brands have to make an advert specifically about, you know, a minority story to make sure that they include, you know, a really broad mix of people in their adverts so that just it becomes kind of business as usual rather than, oh my gosh, they're making a massive stand and they're putting a, a gay couple or an interracial couple or whatever it is in an advert. I think, you know, one of the things I'm personally very excited about is we're doing our first ever advertising awards um, in April, um, supported kindly by our friends at Facebook. Um, and that's really, we, we did a similar thing a couple of years ago. That was this idea of a pride brand makeover, which was for a brand that hadn't maybe moved in this space to kind of think of a, a classic ad it had and how it would redo that and therefore um and then we gave it you know we got partners to give it media support to make it happen this year it's it's a bit of a mixture we have some awards that celebrate the really great stuff that's out there because there is some really fantastic creatives out there um you know personally i love some work that you know renault and clear have done this year just telling a very interesting love story which bet happens to be between two women as in a very similar way to what they've already told adverts for years so we're going to celebrate some of the best adverts that exist we're going to celebrate the best sort of activation around pride season which is you know a key thing we are going to have um, two quite interesting awards that you don't see so often in marketing one which is um, an award for students and people who are very young in their marketing careers so you can only have sort of worked in marketing sort of formally for less than two years and that's more of a theoretical award and that is take any brand that you like that you think of and, and show what a, a diverse uh, campaign might look like for them um, and uh, and you know that's going to really hopefully encourage um, some you know young creative minds to start their careers being really open-minded about that and another one which is for you know brands and agencies to say that are sort of thinking about moving in this space but a little bit nervous to put forwards proposals and ideas that they have and we will hold their hands in making them so advertising will advise and guide and we'll pull in other people and, and then some of our, our partners to that are going to give them media space at the end of it so hopefully that means at the end of the year we've celebrated some really great stuff but also helped make a couple of ads and a couple of campaigns that wouldn't have happened happen we hope to kind of capture case studies about the stories and the learnings um, and continue iterating but i know you know there's loads of good stuff happening it's about you know celebrating and amplifying that and en encouraging some of the other brands that, you know, are a bit nervous about this, certain categories and sectors where they think it's riskier for their audience maybe to understand why it's, you know, important and worthwhile. Jerry, we were going to talk about data oh and gosh. the United Nations, but we've absolutely done the whole thing on advertising and I'm so happy about that. That was brilliant. Thanks for opening my eyes to what can we do the united the nations in two minutes i know i did this last no, time and extended it oh, i don't know it's a, it's a bonkers part of my life last you've, year so it's done so all right as part two of minutes. as part of all of this jazz we went to the united nations this year no last year and to so the united nations human rights council it was partly to do with advertising it was more to do with the conscious advertising network which we talked about last time but like this stuff feels like it's kind of this bubble of marketing and we're trying to do a good thing and make the world a better place but it's really really real they invited us there because the un has identified that hate speech is massively on the rise on the internet funded by advertising going in the wrong places they don't really understand why they don't think brands are paying enough attention uh, and they're really trying to work out how brands can do more about that so me and a bunch of other people from the conscious advertising network went over to geneva presented at the un human rights council asked a whole load of questions that we had very little idea what the answer to, but it's starting a dialogue that, you know, advertising is all about selling and all that jazz, but we do have 
big implications outside of that. Uh, and it's interesting uh, when we get the opportunity to step outside our, our boxes and think, wow, what we do kind of matters. And not in like a big, big, I'm going to do a purposeful campaign, but every single thing we do in marketing uh, influences culture and society and people's expectations. So um, every little nudge we do in the right direction helps that. Well, I hope you're still working for GSK this time next year because potentially you may be the, uh, the uh, envoy for advertising to the, <laughs> <laughs> to the United, United Nations. Nations again. Well, congratulations on that and for your role in advertising. Uh, I, as I said before, that, that was really educational for me. As ever, Jerry, thank you so much. Oh, how do you want people to get in touch with you if you are open to people? I'm very open to people getting in touch. The easiest way is probably on Twitter, at jdakin. Although you can also find me on LinkedIn, Jerry Dakin as well. And uh, if someone wants to tweet you, what makes a good tweet to capture your attention? Oh, I'm good at replying to all tweets, actually. I'm, oh, very, okay. I'm very needy <laughs> at watching, look at my mentions. Uh, but no, I, I don't know, a question, something to reply to. If you just tweet me and say hello, I might ignore you. But if you, you know, I, I love debates, questions, challenges. You do. Give, you give, do. Me, give, me, a, give me a hot topic, I'll try and give you an answer. Jerry, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been good.